0: Well, good afternoon, fellow travelers. We've got uh, another session. Uh, This is the last of these types. Um, Let's bow our heads for prayer before we start. Heavenly Father, join us once again, Lord. Make the word clear. Strengthen your weak and trembling servant, Father. And may all glory and honor go back to you, Father. Today we're talking about workmanship, but uh, I'll have to uh, tell you before we can get into that, uh, I have to redeem myself a little from yesterday. You'll remember I told you at the very beginning of yesterday that uh, church is something that's exciting to me, but I had this really hard time preaching on it and coming across in anything that's even exciting at all, so um, what we're going to do today is we're going to play for most of this session. This is going to be a fairly uh, non, it's going to be a very informal session. Um, And we're going to play church because uh, that's a little bit easier than preaching on it. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to build a new society congregation. And and you all are going to do it. We're going to build a church. We're going to have church problems. Uh, We're going to have some church leadership, and we're going to work through this together. And then if we have time left, I'm going to talk about workmanship. So, it seems like you're going to have to get up here somehow, because we're going to need you really all up here together. You can pull those back a little bit. And we can get the men up here, and the sisters over here. we can choose a leader here. Sometimes they're not the best leaders.
1: <laughs>
0: um, you know, I was maybe I could just speed it up a little bit. I'm going to nominate uh, Brother Josh here. I know something about him. He stands head and shoulders above everybody. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to do to get this thing off the ground? The goal is to get light. Hmm. (laughs) Now, as, as underlings, you can help him. Leaders don't always have the answer. Something about holy, you know, power source—the Holy Spirit. We need, we need it. Our churches, the Holy Spirit. Do we hear some teaching on that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, is there a suggestion to plug in some power? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that a little bit
0: the, the first thing that's going to have to happen is when there's a vision to, to create a church people have to come together we learned that today everything was done together so with your permission I'll just kind of bring these people from their various walks of life and we'll just kind of bring them together okay we'll we'll assume he's on
1: there
0: so the people have come together That this is the okay. real stuff, right? you yeah. sure.
1: great brother. <laughs>
0: It's tough. There's a very <laughs> okay, you get involved with this, and you're going to get hurt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just do speak
0: to them. Speak Speak into their lives. you <laughs> Get rid of the problem. A lot of preachers think that. When you just get the problem out, everything's fine. But the light is not back on until you're back in each other's lives. In between them. It wasn't big. But this is what they started to
1: do. I'll
0: tell you, I put so much salt much in it's quite as <laughs> <is> dramatic. <laughs> but the reality of it is, as they begin to drift apart, they just kind of stop talking. They're not communicating like they once were. They may still be in the same congregation, sort of connected, but not really connected, that changes the light. Hmm. Well, uh Ron told us the other day about this problem here. And 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 this is the critical link. To church that's not connected to power. You can, you can get together, you can try to get inside each other's lives, you can do a lot of things together that look very good. a um, little bit of time we have left that somehow we can um, try to bring some of these things again down to the real level um, we've been hearing some, some wonderful things and and um, we heard briefly at the end of the session this morning uh, that there is an eternal purpose and that eternal purpose excites me um, but it also humbled me because I believe that the eternal purpose ought to touch every aspect of our lives. And I think that anything that's not attached some way to that eternal purpose is something that's dead. And if it's dead, it's dying and it's rotting and it's beginning to be offensive. Um, I believe that every single aspect of our life should be attached to that eternal purpose. Let's look at uh, Ephesians 2, where this comes from. Ephesians chapter 2. We're supposed to be speaking on workmanship, and we'll get to that. That's in Ephesians... Uh, well, the eternal purpose uh, that I wanted to speak on was in verse 11 of, it, of Ephesians 3. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus... Our Lord. Now Ephesians is such a phenomenal uh, book, and the reason is is because the Apostle Paul is is using all these words that that he's trying to talk about. This is what I want to, to happen. This is the product, but in order to get there, you have to understand the cause. And he uses um, in um, in the uh, in the third. In the third chapter, the first verse of a vision, you see, for this cause, in verse 14, for this cause, in uh, uh, 4.1, Therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. Another word that speaks of what you're doing. He talks of one hope of your calling. He speaks of our walk. And all of, these, all of these words that he's using, these, this purpose and calling and vocation, and, and he's trying to get us to see that there's actually a reason behind all of this. And I believe that somewhere, uh, maybe it was this morning, the question was asked, where did this purpose come from? And it definitely came from Genesis. But this eternal purpose of God was long before Genesis, and it's going to go on uh, well into the future. And so... Uh, It is is exciting to me to understand that right over top of me is a a purpose of God that I can reach up and become a partaker of, a participant in, with every aspect of my life. Now let's look at Ephesians 3 um, and we'll look at verse 9 and 10. Let's try to get a sense of what this purpose is. Purpose to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. What is the fellowship of the mystery? Fellowship of what? Do you know the mystery? What do you think the mystery was? Are we still wondering? The resurrection. The resurrection. Christ. Jews and Greeks. That could be part of it. Yeah. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in what? Yeah. God living in us. The coming of Christ as a man... It is, it, is, it is Jesus Christ. The fellowship of Jesus Christ and everything that pertains to Him. Which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. So, to make all men see what that fellowship looks like. Number one. Let's look at number two. To the intent. The intention is that now, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. And so one of the purposes is that all men upon the earth could see what it's like. But he didn't stop there. He says, and the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Now what's that? Does anyone have any ideas? Might be made known by the church. The church is supposed to be declaring something you are supposed to be declaring the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and powers. Yes. The authorities. In the spiritual realm, the authorities of the spiritual realm would be be good. The good authorities, bad authorities. Could be both, maybe. Uh, It's my personal opinion that that there is a spirit world that's all about us. It's not personal because you embrace it too. But there is a tremendous spiritual warfare going on all about us, right in this room at times. And the church is supposed to be manifesting the wisdom of God to the principalities and the powers. There is a huge host of heaven that's running renegade Across this earth. And they too need to see the wisdom and the power of God manifested. They see it in His creative work. But they need to see it manifested in men and women uh, like you and I that are willing to say no to the lie. They need to be judged by our lives. They need to see that there are people who come into the presence of God and serve Him with their entire lives. They didn't do that. And they need to see it happen in our flesh. We have a tremendous purpose. It is to make all men see, as well as demonstrate to the principalities and powers, the wisdom of God. Well, um, so let's look at this uh, verse. Um, That's the purpose. Now let's look at uh, Ephesians 2.10, where it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are His workmanship. you know what there is behind workmanship? There's a craftsman. And when it comes to Christ, it is the master craftsman behind this workmanship. Back uh, back in Pennsylvania, there's a there was an old hobo years ago named Frank Feather, and Frank, as he went around from home to home, he would he would ride the train, he'd hop off, he'd go into somebody's house, and and for he was a very proud hobo. He didn't want to take anything uh, for free, and so he would carve, and he carved canes, elaborate canes with scripture verses on them. But he's long gone now, but those canes and those bulls and the little things that he used to make live on. Now, I don't, I'm i not really that in touch with who he was, and I'm not really in touch with his works, and so it would be very challenging for me to identify it, but there's people that have studied Frank Feather, and they know for a fact when they see one of his canes. There's a lot of imitations out there, but they know for a fact, and the reason is, is because it is impossible for a master craftsman not to leave his touch on his workmanship. And so someone can see that and say, nope, or yes. That is one of his. There was another one by the name of John Bell. He's a potter. And he made all kinds of urns and bowls and all these things. They're still worth a tremendous amount of money, but I could be completely fooled because I don't know. I wasn't familiar with the with, uh, with John Bell, I don't really know his style but those who know him can easily identify one of his because his touch is on every single bolt that he made. So behind every piece of workmanship there is a craftsman and not just any craftsman that we have to do with that was uh, that was our maker but the master craftsman. What else do we get on this verse? Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. If I asked you, tell you Ohioans, where could I go to get a Werther's knife? What would you tell me? Dover. Dover. How about if I said I'm looking to find a Lungenberger basket? Where would I go to find one of those? (laughs) D.D. Grosso.
1: Dark with a D, I think.
0: the foundation of the world before the foundation of the world we were chosen in him that we should be holy and without blame before him in love that is one of the four ordained works of God that we should be before him holy that we should be holy and without blame before him in love that was part of his original plan for us before the world was made Let's look at verse 5. Having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, he didn't predestinate us to adopt children. He predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. To the praise of his glory, verse 12 says that we should be to the praise of his glory, verse 14 says the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. And that's one of the other works. It was four days before the foundations were made that we as a people were were to be to the praise of His glory. Well, let's move on just a little bit. Um, We talked about the purpose. Um, Chapter 2 says, And you He made alive. You He made alive. Why did He make us alive? Verse 6 says, And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. He wanted to have a people that He could show His kindness through. Isn't that interesting? Think about that as it affects our purpose in life as we relate with one another and with the world. Remember, from the foundation of the world, Jesus wanted to have a people that he could show kindness through. Let that pervade our very interactions. Well, for this cause, over and over, he had a great sense of cause. Now, most businesses that I know uh, have some type of a mission statement. And that is, the mission statement is usually posted in every business, and that's something that you can go up to and you can read where that business is wanting to go. It describes, you can get a sense of what their purpose is, their mission, their cause, um, the direction they want to go. When I was looking uh, for a job, uh, I was interested in a, a job that had a... Uh, a mission that I could get behind, and um, the current job that I have uh, was a was a it was a place where I could put myself behind the mission. About 30 years ago, a um, a young man by the name of Terry Riley um, was a conscientious objector, and he did not go to war. And as he stayed home, he was thinking about what can I do to to influence my society for good. And so he decided that what he wanted to do was try to start a clinic, a medical clinic, that would take care of everybody no matter if they had any ability to pay at all. Now can you imagine starting a business where your customer, where your goal is to serve a customer that cannot pay? It's a pretty lofty mission as far as I'm concerned. Well they took off and, and now there are, there are multiple, multiple Terry Riley clinics that still embrace that vision uh, to this day. Now, um, all around us in that valley, there there are large health systems that have beautiful facilities, they offer wonderful benefit packages, they have very flowery mission statements, but it's well known that you can go there and you can take care of a paying population of middle class Americans. Now, uh, one of the things that I have found very interesting is watching people come into Terry Riley's organization. Um, we don't have very nice facilities, and the uh, reimbursement is, is adequate, but it's certainly not what uh, all, a lot of the other people in the Valley have to offer. The clientele that we serve is is uh, toothless and tattooed and dirty and... Uh, many times very frustrating to work with but I've watched people come into the organization, there's one type of person that comes into the organization because they can't find a job anywhere else or because they just they, they, just, uh, they need to put food on their table and so they, they just come there just to get a job. Very interesting because very soon I hear them grumbling about the benefits before long they're talking about how lousy the administration is. And um, they typically are, are soon poisoning the people around them with their unhappiness. And before long they're gone. But you know there's a there's a different type of person that gets hired at, at Terry Riley. And it's it's a person that has that has heard about the mission that they have. And to them that mission means a lot more than the pay. That mission allows them to Good answers. Uh, my simple definition is any work that's not attached to the divine purpose, to the eternal purpose, because that's a work that's just going to burn up with this with this earth. Um, maybe that's that's just mine, um, but His purpose is a holy people. So let's uh, let's talk about various areas of your life where I think the eternal purpose ought to come in. And let's start with um, let's start with your choice of an occupation, because most of you are gonna, uh, at least the men are gonna have to choose an occupation. So let's let's look through the lens of the eternal purpose and occupations. How might this affect your choice of a job? Let me just uh, now now I don't want I, I don't know what your occupations are, so I'm not picking on anybody. Um, and I'm not I'm not gonna say one's right and one's wrong. I just want to hold up a couple of things that I think you ought to consider in a job. I want you to think about Service jobs versus production jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I write that internal purpose up here? Please. Okay. I'll show you where it okay. is. Right there. Right
1: there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about a service job versus a production job. I, as I thought of a production job, I thought of a man that was was sanding um, cabinet doors all day long. There is nothing wrong with a job sanding cabinet doors. That's that's (coughs) fine. But how does it fit into this? Um, What if there was the option of say, uh, I don't know how much it pays to drive a school bus versus sanding cabinet doors, but can you see any difference between those two? Would one maybe choose to drive a school bus instead of sanding cabinet doors? I don't know that it's wrong to say that, of course. But the eternal purpose is to make all men see and it's to also demonstrate to the principalities. I just think of a school bus clear full of children and the opportunity that you would have to smile and to speak kindly to a little child every single day. I don't know if that's so much more noble, but I want you to think about these things. You're getting ready to choose a job. How about another one? Providing a product or service that meets its customer at a high time or a low time in their life. I was, thank you, Grant, for uh, giving me this one yesterday. Grant says that many times when people call him for his services, they, they've got a trembling voice and and they're they're just beside themselves, and, and he kind of has to over the phone guide them into a place of the house that's not wet and and all these different things. Look at the think of the opportunity that that Grant has to that the people are wide open. They're in a time of distress. And he has the opportunity to, to speak into their lives. How would it be different than, say, selling Mercedes? <coughs> you know, you, you work on a car a lot, you're selling brand new cars. Probably nothing wrong with that. But you're meeting these people in a high time of their life. And you may not be able to speak into that person's life quite like Grant can when they're, at their, when they're at the bottom, um, the other uh, the other uh, thing that I put down here was, uh, are you building entertainment centers or caskets? So you've got a cabinet shop, and you look over at the casket industry and you're like, you know, it's kind of morbid. It's kind of it doesn't look like it pay quite as good maybe as making entertainment centers. But look at the opportunity. Who you're going to be meeting. Who's going to be open to the message that you have. You want to be involved in the eternal purpose. Are you choosing a job that is highly esteemed or lowly esteemed? Think about this one a little bit. Suppose you have the the opportunity to be a hospital administrator. You can do a lot of things there. Uh, But it's a pretty powerful position. You'll probably sit behind a pretty nice oak desk. You'll have people that kind of dance to your music and go and you say and it's pretty easy to to come what about being the housekeeper in the hospital you've you've been to hospitals you've seen the housekeepers right they push that cart around and they usually walk kind of slow and and they're in there uh, there's a person in a bed right and they're laying there and they come in and they quietly empty the trash and they kind of clean everything up wouldn't that be a neat opportunity to speak into that person's life they're laying there in pain or they lost their leg or something and as you clean you could just talk to that person it doesn't pay as much as being a hospital administrator in dollars, but look at how it looks through the eternal purpose. Well, um, I think the other thing that you should consider is if you're going to maybe start a business and produce a product, is ask the question: Who's going to buy my product? What kind of people are going to come and buy my product? Who did Jesus say heard him gladly? The common people. The poor people. And so, you know, if you are making something that only the very rich can get to, it's going to be a little challenging. Well, I would just challenge you to think about producing something that the common man needs. The poor man can afford. It. It's going to open up a door into the lives of people that typically hear him gladly. Choice of occupations. Look at it through that lens of the eternal purpose. I think that might help you just a little bit as you. As you try to decide what kind of work you want to go into, you want to influence people, and you want the principalities and powers to take notice. Talk about the use of your time. <laughs> um, before you plan a vacation, all oh, get that lens out. And what what are your vacation plans? And say, is it to encourage the saints, evangelize, undo a heavy burden? You know, the cruise liner industry has just made a havoc of the world. You know why? Because people get on there and they're floating out there on the Caribbean <coughs> and they're having a grand time. And they're completely immersed in themselves. And they get off these little islands and they just start spreading money around. And, and my my brother Gary has said that, that it just does devastation in these cultures. But what these people are doing is they're trying to redeem their indulgence. In the end, they do a lot more devastation. So, so what are you going to... What are you going to do with... Uh, maybe we should... Does anybody know in here uh, an illustration of Jesus' vacation that we can look at just, just to get a good picture of one? He
1: went, into what, the mountain to pray. he went up into a mountain to pray. He went across the lake when they met the man in the tomb that um, they were getting away from people when
0: they met him. Do you have any sense of time? How much time he had to himself at any given moment? It wasn't very long when he says, okay, let's go. Well, he, they'd beat him to the punch and they'd be right there. Okay. let's. Um, I want to think just a little bit um, about other ways to spend your time. I was supposed to try to give you some creative ways to, to uh, do the works of God. Uh, I'll tell you the one that I'm doing. I, I, and hopefully I can get some more discussion here soon. Three months ago I decided that uh, I wanted to start... Uh, doing a foot clinic at the local senior center, and so one morning a month for a couple of hours, I go there and they have a sign-up sheet, and and the, the old people put their names on there, and they can come and get their feet taken care of, and they can get their calluses cut off and their nails trimmed and filed down. You know what I have? It has been it has blessed me more than anything. What happens is I have when I go there, I have to. These old people, they can't get their legs up very high, right? And what that does, it forces me to get down on the floor. And I get down there and hold these smelly, nasty feet. And I've got about 10 to 15 minutes with that person. And they are just overjoyed because somebody's touching their feet. You know what? You can learn. All of you can learn how to do toe-ins. It's not hard to do. You don't have to be specially trained. And, and people will love you for it. They're taking their feet lovingly and you're working those nails, and those big old thick nasty ones. You'll need to go to the hardware store and get some wire clips to do it. <laughs> they work very well. You can do it. Just something you might give some consideration to. I got another one. Um, now this is one that came to me some time ago and I've not done it yet, but, but this could be a real opportunity. There are many people dying today that didn't go to church and they don't have a pastor. Okay but their family wants to have a funeral And there's preachers out there who will do it for um, money. They, they get paid. What about this young I man? What if you went to the local funeral home and you said, myself and my family, we've got extra time. And uh, well, what I want to offer to you is that time somebody comes in that is, has died and they don't have a pastor or someone to preach their funeral, call us up and we can work into our schedule my family and I will come and we will sing at the, at the cemetery and we'll preach a message. Think of the opportunity. This guy has lots of friends probably. They're all drunkards. They don't go to church either because he didn't. But they're coming to his funeral and they're going to show up. Look at the opportunity that could be to influence people for the kingdom. You could do it in a gentle way. Keeping in, keeping in mind the eternal purpose. That just came to me one time. What an opportunity that would be. We'd have a tender audience, uh, and most of them would need to be put in touch with with this great God of ours. Okay, choice of your possessions. When it comes to possessions, oh, you better pull out that lens. I didn't one time. Let me quickly tell you about the time that I did. Uh, My wife and I sold a property at the top of the market. We had enough money to subdivide off some land and build a house and do it with cash, and we did it. And it was not that different than all the other houses around us. It looked just about like all the other new houses that the Brethren were building. But I did want some wainscoting, and I did want hardwood floors, and I wanted a rock laid up fireplace. And that's what you saw when you come in the front door. And you know what started happening? People would open, I would open up the door to welcome people in. And they would say, wow. Every time that happened, it smote me right through my right through. I almost from the moment we moved in, I was desperate to get out of that house. It was the wrong emphasis, and I began to think of what would happen if the master carpenter came up to my door. And it plagued me. And I can tell you, one of the happiest days of my life was when the deed to that property went across the. And uh, Lord, help me not to do that again. I might, because I'm very weak, but uh, I just uh, I want to challenge you, when you build a house, you look through the eternal purpose, yet the poor are going to hear gladly, and you want a house where the poor can come to. That's what you want. You don't want to ha- have a house that you're so worried about that you wouldn't bring some stinky, smelly person in, afraid they might break your possessions or Do something in there. Have a house that's open to the poor. Moving on just a little bit. um, Transportation. Young men. Oh, you know what God wanted to do with us? He wanted to make us in His divine nature. He He wanted to stamp His image on every aspect of our life. You can do it. You can go out and you can buy a nice, big, Um, our vehicles speak very, very loudly of what we think is important, of what we think other people ought to do as far as what they should buy. It's, it tells a lot about what, how much money you think should be put into a, a vehicle. It speaks a message. How about uh, just, I, I think we should ask with all of our possessions, why am I buying this thing? So there's nothing wrong with a boat. I used to have one. But why are you buying that? you're going to take troubled teens out on your little pond every single day. That's a great use of a boat. But if it's just to go fishing in how does that line up with this? Okay, one more. And there's, there's so many of them. And I thought we were going to have time for talking, but i got to stop here short with the choice of apparel. Clothing is not <coughs> neutral. Clothing sends a very loud message. Um, we may be the only ones that don't believe that, actually. The entire fashion industry is very, very well aware that it sends a very loud message. I, I think we need to ask ourselves, why am I dressing the way I'm dressing? And what message am I giving off? Does it connect with this? Are all men going to see in the way I dress fellowship of the mystery of Jesus in my life? It's a mystery why anyone would dress in a in a plain, non-assuming way. And you know it can look it can look like whatever. But I can tell you, what we want is we don't want man to see us we, the way we're dressed so much. We want them to be able to see our countenance and to be able to communicate with us about the eternal purpose. That's what we want. We don't want anything to distract from that tremendous, tremendous purpose. Um, well, I will just stop there. I have thoroughly enjoyed being with you all. And, and I know that... Uh, These topics have been maybe somewhat challenging and and in many ways I don't feel like I've done them justice. But uh, the Lord bless you all and uh, we too will continue to pray for you that you can uh, enter into His fullness and into this great work that we've been called to.